0: Hello, my friends, to quote my nephew, who is quoting uh, a line from Thomas the Tank Engine, I believe, and welcome to the Narrowgate Podcast. Um, I am Benjamin Hoover, licensed marriage and family therapist out of Roseville, California, and yes, you will hear that probably on every podcast, so it might get annoying Anyway, uh, this is the actually the first episode where I will not be reading one of my writings, so you will just hear a lot of improvisation and um, probably a lot of uh, ineloquence. Anyway, um, but I kind of always wanted to do uh, a joke, um, you know, kind of a parody of NPR. So so here's my here's my NPR. Um, uh, rendition here. Welcome to NPR. My name is Hip Hipster. And you're listening to the intermingling harmonies of world-renowned jazz flautist Pierre Crudete and the mating sounds of the rare Australian humpback whale. Anyway. Hopefully that sounded good. Um, uh, also... I wanted to give a warning. So there may be, not necessarily in this episode, but in episodes to come, there may be uh, some peppering of profanity just to, you know, spice things up. Um, to use a metaphor, I was uh, had made butternut squash soup Uh, for uh, someone and her family over the holidays. And I decided to put, I think, three jalapenos in there and uh, forgot to warn everybody that uh, they were going to encounter some spice. Anyway, and so they did, and they were kind of taken aback. And uh, anyway, that's my cheesy metaphor for uh, you you might get a little taken aback, because sometimes I'm, I'm going to throw a, throw a little, little bit of spice and profanity. Anyway, um, just to kind of wake up the spirits. <clears throat> so this is, for me, kind of, a, I think, a great platform where I get to maybe expose myself a little bit more uh, than, I, than I do in my writings, uh, vulnerably speaking. And so on this episode, I really... I think there's a lot of things that I want to talk about a lot of things I want to write about. And it's pretty overwhelming Uh, how to sift through and how to break it all down and make sense of it. Um, But, but I really felt this nudge to talk about the wonderfully scary world of my dating experience and, and what I've learned. And so I've called this episode dating, getting to know myself. And so so I really kind of wanted to share a history there and and then and then kind of end on a on a couple hopefully encouraging notes. And so so what I want to kind of first start off on is is that I in my in the course of my life I've been in just a few relationships. And recently, I was in one that lasted uh, just shy of two months, so couldn't couldn't quite make it to that two month mark, and uh, and but before that, um, the last relationship I was in was six years before that, so it was it was a bit of a drought, and uh, and and for those who uh, who don't know me, I'm or who do and don't remember my age, I'm I'm 33, and I had hopes and. I would say expectations that I would be married before I was twenty. Um, really, kind of strongly desired that, and uh, and, and I had I had watched uh, in succession my friends, all of my friends, get married, and some of them I was a part of their wedding, or some I just attended. And I remember making a comment one time to to someone, and I said, "You know, you know, I'm going to a place where it's a celebration, but sometimes it feels like a funeral for me." and uh and you know i I didn't sit there grieving and mourning and sackcloth and ash uh sort of mentality um I truly enjoyed it but but there was those moments where it it did bring up this sadness around desiring that desiring a relationship and so in my my late twenties. Uh, I had really kind of experienced this ebb and flow of sadness and and longing and frustration and then grieving um, because I kind of clung to this idea that I would be uh, I would I would be in a relationship and I'd be married and I'd be married to someone who was uh, in their twenties as well and we'd uh, have this wonderful relationship where before we started having kids we could just enjoy um, our union. And so, um, and then, you know, sometimes as, as, as time went on, I would experience this fear and, uh, and, and kind of the thought of, uh, and the reality of time's inevitable continuation created panic. I mean, time doesn't stop. And I realize, you know, I'm, I'm, star, I'm aging and there still isn't someone in my life. And there'd be these moments where I would just kind of give up convincing myself I'd be single. Um, sometimes, sometimes truly accepting it. At least I believed I did. And imagining, you know, what it would be like to just live a single life and kind of accepting some of the, the upsides to that. Uh, and then, and then hope would resurface again. And I would, I would get back into that, that sort of that, uh, train and, and, uh, you know, desire and and be kind of i think convinced that that i would meet someone and you know there'd be countless people i honestly probably countless people that would say they're keeping watch you know they're they're in the crow's nest looking out for potential partners but but hardly if ever uh, there would be a stirring i mean hardly i don't think there ever really was one and uh and so um After my second relationship, the one that was um, six years, probably actually going on seven years ago now, or exactly seven years ago, uh, that same year I went into grad school. So when it ended, I I entered in grad school, and so I had this this hope. I had this hope that, that maybe I'd meet someone there. Um, maybe I'd, you know, there'd be compatibility. We're both, we're both, uh, studying to be therapists and marriage and family therapists that that is. And, and maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I'd meet her, you know, there'd there'd be this wonderful compatibility between us. And, and, uh, there, there literally was, it was really, I don't think there was anyone. And, And, you know, I think they're either married or I just, I just didn't, I just didn't desire them. And I I really, I don't think, I think everyone was taken. Every, every woman really was in a relationship. And then I would hope that, oh, maybe I'll meet that woman when I'm in my internship. And, and again, nothing. (laughs) And so, and so, um, and, and and then mixed with that too, uh, even throughout the years, I would, There'd be moments of taking risks by getting involved in social gatherings, and and always h- hoping I would meet a woman. And, and in fact, that would always be the driving factor into getting involved in like church community groups and um, and other social gatherings. That that my initial thought would be, oh man, I hope I meet someone. And so uh, and so, you know, again uh, to repeat, I, w- I would experience this ebb and flow of wanting a relationship and not wanting one resigned to being single and then hungry for a companion and uh and just would encounter what for me was disappointing experiences of of things just not panning out or or there not being any um any really kind of available women and so uh and so (laughs) i'll share this it's um you know, I'm gonna say a lot of probably embarrassing things, and I think it's a good thing. You know, because I want people to uh, embrace their humanness and, and embrace that vulnerability. So um, so this might be some fodder for judgment, but and people might get a little freaked out by this. But but there would be honestly there would be moments where I would say just at a store or whatnot. I would I would out somewhere out in the world. I'd cross paths with an attractive woman. And literally instinctually and viscerally, I would, I would linger around, um, you know, just kind of fake shopping and whatever department they were in, uh, even though I had no interest in whatever I was looking for, um, object wise. And I would, I would just linger around and I would just hope for our eyes that our eyes would lock and that the, the, you know, the Disney story would begin the, the, you know, the birds would swirl around and the stars would, would orbit and, um, and, you know, and yes, men, men hope for that too. Um, and I, and, and yet, you know, and I'd feel embarrassed about that and I'd be like, what am I doing? but it literally sometimes would just overtake me. It was so instinctual that I would do that and be quite taken by a woman and her beauty. And so, um, so needless to say, throughout these years, I'd have countless moments of hope and fantasy and expectation. And then that would be mixed with, with disappointing relational experiences. And so, um, but no matter how much I tried to push down that desire, uh, I, I would encounter the intensity of it and this hunger of it. And it would come out just kind of, um, in, reflexively in my actions. So, uh, but, but also too, if I were, you know, being honest with myself and looking back, I had hoped that without putting in the effort, without truly risking that the God would just plop a woman right down in front of me with flashing signs and orbiting cherubim and, uh, and tell me this is her and I wouldn't have to do the leg work, uh, or, or the healing work. Maybe I should say. So, so in my later twenties, and at the beginning of my thirties, I obviously wanted to be in a relationship and I, but I feared so much of taking risk in that realm. And, 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 and there was also, wasn't quite this drive to venture into the scary world of connecting with, with a woman. I, I, I really think, uh, my, I, I really wanted to kind of stay in my comfort zone, And so, and also I found myself really intimidated by women. Um, just kind of found myself almost internally like clumsy and awkward, uh, vying for their attention. I would feel this jealousy, sometimes an envy. And, uh, and I would just like everything in me just wanted them to see me. And, and, and then if they didn't, I, you know, if, if they, there was a lack of response or disinterest, or they were already in a relationship and I'd just found that out. Um, immediately, I would feel this hurt and this pain, and I just— phoom, I mean, the walls would come up. That's my my sound effect for for um, for walls or for for guarded for um, a protective layer barrier there. But but I would go go phoom, and and in pain, I'd shut them out of my life. And so, uh, and so in t- actually in 2016, it was actually the, the day I took my clinical exam. So so as an intern, you have to get 3,000 counseling hours. You have to take a legal and ethical exam. That's time. And then you take a clinical exam, and that's four hours. And that, it's a brutal exam. I mean, I literally, when I found out I passed, I went out in the hallway, and I, I burst into tears because just the, the, the torment of having to go through that test is oh, it's a doozy. Anyway, so, but on that same day, and this was in Santa Rosa, in that same day, I met up with someone on a blind date, like someone that was uh, the related to, to uh, my mom's friend. And I had this double header of doozies. And, and so I met up with her and it was, and, and the date, I was really nervous and I was just thinking, what am I doing? And, and I was like convinced that I should just kind of, call it a night and just book it and drive home um, but I stuck with it and 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 in this interaction it was probably about two hours in but it was so draining like i kept the conversation going and she just didn't give back um the, the interaction wasn't reciprocated there wasn't this mutual interest um, and i just kept pushing the conversation and asking questions and then it got awkward and I had nothing. And I even said that at one point. Um, and it seemed like she was doing more of her, for her aunt uh, a favor than she was actually interested. And so, um, but I talked with my family and, you know, the women in my life and they, they told me, you know, just, that was kind of the first date, give her the benefit of the doubt, try again. So I thought, well, why not? You know, I mean, this is all brand new to me. And so I texted her that day, and you know, said that I that I enjoyed last night, even though I, I really didn't. And um, and I said, you know, I'd like to I'd like to do it again, like maybe take you out for dinner and whatnot. And and uh, and so I sent that in the morning, and and hours went by, and I didn't hear anything. And oh man, did it kick up so much stuff! I mean, it was. Boy, did the storms of emotion hit for me. I mean, just desperation and anger and fear and panic and, oh my gosh. And I, you know, I, I just, just waited it out, waited it out, waited it out. The day passed and then the next day came and um, and probably about 20, I think I allowed myself about, you know, 24, or 27 hours and uh, still didn't hear anything. And I was just pissed and hurt, and oh man, I didn't even know that this stuff existed in me. And so I gave in and I texted her, and I, it was a very bold text. And I said, You know, I'm, I'm taking your silence as a no, and I'd appreciate a response back, but I, I know this is forward, but I really would love to take you out to dinner. And uh, anyway, and I think well, a little while later, she texted me back apologetically. and said things had been busy and whatnot. And, you know, and, and I felt relief and she said, okay, but, um, you know, I followed up maybe a week and a half later and, uh, and she turned me down and, you know, I felt a little sting, but, but at the same time, you know, I, I realized like, I just wasn't really interested. Um, and, uh, but boy, boy, did this, this desperation and this fear come up in me and oh man, it was traumatic, catastrophic. So anyway, that passed, and in 2017, I really began to encounter my hunger uh, profoundly for a relationship, and, and the, the option of staying in my safety zone was far more painful and disquieting than the pain of taking risk and venturing into the, to the realms of, 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 of relationship. And so like man man did that uh starvation come up. And so eventually I, I in the beginning of 2017 I went on a dating websites and I swore I never would. And uh and so I did and and I actually ended up um having a conversation with someone that I knew 10 years ago and uh who I had a crush on and that didn't work out. She didn't even know that I had a crush on her anyway. And so, uh, but, but just serendipitously, um, I don't think it was that, but, uh, we, we ended up having a conversation online and then I just felt, you know, I need to ask her out. I, I will have a sleepless night if I just don't take that risk. So I did, you know, and I, I, asked her out and, um, and we met up, you know, went out to dinner and, uh, had a great time, just a great conversation, caught up. It was almost kind of like 10 years had never really passed. And, uh, and so just, you know, shared our 10 kind of in brevity, you know, in a bridge version of our 10 years. And, and then, uh, you know, found out that she was dating someone, you know, about two weeks into it. And, Oh man, I could feel that sting and I feel that disappointment. But you know what? I wasn't, I was not gonna give up. And I had mentioned how I would love to meet up again, and um, <laughs> I followed up the next day because um, she gave me kind of neutral statements, and I followed followed up the next day, and I uh, texted her and threw in kind of a little witty joke that related to a conversation we had, and um, and then I got this four page text, and I'm like, oh crap. Uh, yeah, that's not a yes. And so read it and, and, uh, you know, understandably so she was already dating someone and, uh, and boy, did that pain hit. And I realized, and I realized maybe in that moment or an hour later, like, this is what I've avoided is this pain of rejection. I then, um, what did I do? I, I, I I felt, I was talking with my dad actually about it. And all of a sudden I felt the tears come up And I just cried I let myself cry Um, Because I just so um, I diagnosed this as abnormal Um, My hunger as abnormal That oh man it had to do with wounds And trauma And and my therapist is like dude you're so hard on yourself it has nothing to do with that um you you just something's awoken in you and come alive and and you're in the presence of it and this is just a normal part of of venturing into this into this part of your life and so anyway so i went through uh the sadness and then this anger and then this depression and then a few days later, a couple days later, I I would say, um, I was spending some quiet time with God and I just, I just, I heard him say that was for you. And what he meant by that was like, had I known that she was dating someone like I wouldn't have even taken the risk, but I didn't know that. And I took the risk and, and I, and I, and I was, I was bold and courageous and, and moving forward and moving in that gut feeling of, I need to do this. And, um, and so really it was for my growth, even though it sucked knowing that I think our intentions were, uh, definitely were not mutual and aligned in that way. Um, but, but it was a powerful moment of healing. And so, but, you know, I continued to encounter this growling and I'd miss the signs that women weren't interested and I would keep pushing conversation. Um, there literally began, I I began a conversation with someone on a dating site. Um, and, and shortly after, like literally it was probably a day of conversation and I was, you know, I think I was keeping the ball rolling, um but I didn't really quite know how to engage and 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 be playful and funny and witty and that stuff that is a part of me um because there was just this like anxiousness and the seriousness, and like I've got to find that woman and so but I began this conversation with someone on a dating site and and uh and then, like out of concern and kind of this this sort of this anxiety. You know, I wasn't sure if she was interested, so I needed to be certain of that. So I threw it out there and said, "You know, I came. I seemed to be the one kind of fueling the conversation. Like, are you interested?" <laughs> and it, and it, it, let's just say it led to a three-page paragraph of me defending myself <laughs> very eloquently, um, but but missing it. And uh, anyway, I, I laugh at that because it just wow, that was me. That was me. Like last year. And, you know, and, and I, you know, I had a, a meet with a good friend of mine, typically weekly, and I brought some of this stuff up to him. And he said, dude, he says, you don't like feeling desperate. And I felt like I immediately felt angry when he said that. <laughs> and, and, but I did, I told him that and I, you know, I said, I'm supposed to realize this, like, you're not supposed to point this out. Um, and we laughed about that. But but he was right. And it was such a powerful, Revelation and and him mirroring that, sharing that with me, and then even my therapist uh, had had confirmed that as well. He kind of metaphorically slapped me and he said, "Dude, you're missing the signs. They're not interested, but you're so hungry that you'll you'll eat anything. You know, you'll lap you you'll you're so thirsty like you've been in a desert for so long. You'll lap anything up." And so, and it was so true, like you know, and and even if these women weren't actually. A good match for me in in that that place of urgency and need, I, I missed it. So, um, but last year also, there there's such and all of those actually were beautiful moments, even though they they were also painful. Like they really were beautiful moments, and I could go into a lot of other healing experiences, but I want to kind of stick to more of the the relational aspect of the dating aspect. Um, but but something also happened where I really believe God had had done this had did this or did this but he brought uh some like women friends into my life like actual friendships and uh, i got involved in some of these church communities and uh and and eventually started to get connected with them and all of them single and uh i think except for one maybe and and it was such an integral part of my healing And I would, I noticed like I would experience attraction with some of them and I would get really awkward inside. And sometimes I'd hope to feel, they'd feel the same way, or maybe I'd hope that they didn't feel the same way. And, and then I'd realize sometimes that they that they didn't feel similarly, like just more of a hunch. Um, There was one in particular that was like physically affectionate. And I would, you know, think like, oh man, she must be into me. And (laughs) only to realize like, wait a minute, she does this with everybody. And, uh, and, and that's kind of her love language and expression. And, and it ended up being, it ended up, I would say, um, transforming were evolving into something where I really began to appreciate that side to her and that it wasn't taken as, Oh, she's into me. Um, but yes, in moments of hunger, I would interpret it as, as interest. Um, and, and even kind of recognize that sometimes there was some flirtation, playfulness, but in these friendships, um, it just evolved into, uh, um, beautiful moments of like laughter and, and, like just vulnerability and and the ability to 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 just be present with each other and, and and a comfortability of that and you know we'd we'd have like like beers together and and you know spontaneous dance party that would break out at midnight or um you know or or, or they would teach me things and be honest about themselves and just like so much rich learning and so, and so what started to shift for me is like, I normally would look th- at women through this lens of marriage material. Like, will you be my, are you going to be my wife? Uh, are we going to get married? And just feel that intensity. And I'm sure they could feel it. Not, not these friendships, but just in the past and just kind of that, that neediness not that that was a bad thing just it would be probably it would admit this fragrance of that um but now it was shifting into interacting with women as as just human beings as people and i began to value them and love them and be vulnerable with them and they with me and a deep care would develop and it was um and still is very wonderful Um, and so as 2017 went on, I went on uh, a couple blind dates, which didn't work out, but again, like really neat experiences. (laughs) One of them was actually an FBI agent and whoa, talk about feeling intimidated, man. Like, yeah, I'm a marriage family therapist and you're, uh, doing drug busts or whatever. Anyway. Um, but, but they were like really neat interactions and, um, and, and then after some wonderful talks with a friend of mine, um, another single man who's a part of this group, and um, and he has some wonderful wisdom. But but it stirred this conversation stirred up for me this need to call this woman that I I asked out in February, um, you know, to which I got turned down because she was dating someone, and um, anyway, it, it stirred up for me this this. I just felt this nudge to call her. Um and this was in October and I kept pushing it off like yeah yeah I'll get to that and it just kept building and it, the nudge got stronger and um and I I couldn't escape it. And so um and so I did. I was terrified and I called her but and I and I told her um you know that I didn't like how I ended things that I just was silent and didn't respond back to her and you know, when I feel hurt, I shut people out, um, like that. And, and so, uh, and I was just honest about how that was actually really healing moment for me and all the, the healing that happened subsequently to that. And, uh, and it just led to this beautiful conversation for like an hour and a half, and it and it honestly came from this pure place, like the 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 pen that would, out of desperation and hunger would have would have saw that as an opportune moment or used that as an opportune moment to to, um, and I'm not going to say that there wasn't hope there, but but really the um, uh, the prominent or predominant uh motive was was really just to kind of be encouraging and and speak encouragement. And so I just opened up about that and it really came from this pure place. And it was such a significant moment when I look back and realizing how much healing had happened that God had brought me through. And so, uh, and when the conversation ended, I felt really sad. I thought maybe I'd feel elated and energized and like, "Wow, I did that." But it was such a beautiful conversation that the sadness was really pointed to a longing of I really want a relationship that has this characteristic where I could talk for hours with with a person, with a woman and uh, and and just lightheartedly with depth, with humor, just connect on that level. Um, and it led to this relationship with this person that ended, um, for many reasons. Um, but I think what I gathered from that, what I had learned after, after the pain, the dust had settled and had a great encouragement that was healing for me because it was a painful ending. Um, but I had learned that I could do intimacy really well. That I could have these conversations. That this wittiness would come out and this spontaneous. And yes, the anxiety came out and the vulner in sharing those vulnerable sides and you know like like a messiness. But but it was still a wonderful part of of a relationship. And so uh and again i could probably go on about that but it's not necessarily the point um but a couple of weeks ago i was in my new office cuz we had just moved my my um team there in our private practices and there was a young woman we i was walking to the bathroom and she was um behind me and Pretty attractive, and I, uh, you know, went to use the restroom. She went to use the restroom, and I kind of had this this idea or moment of like, I'm gonna kind of wait, and maybe we'll run into each other. But at some point, I thought she had left, so I exited the restroom and walked down the hall, and sure enough, she exited just shortly uh, after me. And she and she had then commented. She said, "I I swear I'm not stalking you." And this led to kind of a little bit of some playful banter. And there was this wittiness that came out of me and, um, and this, this, this playfulness kind of came naturally and this confidence kind of exuded. And, uh, and, you know, I looked back, I was talking with a colleague about that and I looked back and I, I realized like I enjoyed that part of me, you know, I sure there's this hope that I run into her again and, uh. And, you know, but, and, and kind of a nervousness of, of, of encountering her. But I realized, like, I saw and appreciated who I was and how I interacted, that that really is a natural, um, unique part of myself. And, and I think if it like been working out of desperation, like if after that moment, all the desperation would have happened, I think it would have stifled this appreciation and noticing of this in myself. And I think, uh, I think operating in desperation throughout the year, I missed this. Like I missed that, like in painful moments of, of things, uh, of the demise of a relationship and whatnot. it, It really obstructed, uh, Valuing who I am, and 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 seeing the beautiful growth that happened, and 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 picking myself up from that, and continuing on. Um. And so, I, as I look back in this journey, like yes, I'm not married, I'm still not. In fact, there hasn't even really been any opportunity, and and some of the opportunities that I hope would have happened and was about to take risk in doing so just didn't pan out. And so, yeah, I'm here currently in this, as I express all this in this podcast, that, that the desires have not been fulfilled. I'm still longing and hoping and desiring. And there's still sadness. And yes, there's fear. Um, and there's so much uncertainty and mystery. Like, I don't know how it's going to happen. I've tried to manufacture stuff and force it and generate closeness. And, and it didn't turn out. Um, but the openness and the willingness is there. The 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 uh, the, the drive to take a risk is present. Um, but there's also and there's also been a change in myself. This growing confidence, this sense of what I desire in a person, uh, learning about who I am, including my messy aspects, the underdeveloped, you know, some of the immature parts of me. But. Um, and and I appreciate, and and there's also like, I I can appreciate and see the beauty in attraction. Like I notice even in friendships or even interactions with women, like attraction will flare up and that's signaling something that there's something desirable. There's something I'm drawn to in that person, you know, in, in, in the past it would be, wow, I'm attracted to this person. This is, this is it. But I've learned that, that, that it isn't it, that attraction is going to be there. And it's not always going to be this intense driving force that that defines that this is this is who this person is. Sometimes yes, it's going to be there and it's there's it's going to prime me to pursue that person. But also I've noticed like like yeah, I don't always just react off of it that the attraction will ebb and flow. It comes it goes and it teaches me something that I like. It teaches me about something that I that uh, is attractive to me and, or that I'm drawn to in that person. And so I've also learned that I see how I I can't force the relationship to happen, that it's a part of the dance, closeness, distance, will they respond? Will they not? The fear and anxiety, not giving into that, the wonderful progression of, of opening up to someone and trusting them of risking, uh, You know, I've begun to enjoy the process. The desire, honestly... Like, I just have this desire of... I just want to go out and and appreciate the woman I'm sitting across. um, Or from which I'm sitting across. uh, uh, Allowing those moments to teach me. Allowing her to teach me. um, You know, before I wanted the end result right away. And now, like, yes, I do want to... Of course I want to be married, but I also... I want the opportunity to just go out and enjoy a woman and enjoy her presence and enjoy her company and 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 relish in that. And you know in the past I remember my mom would say like just been just see this as networking and I, and I and I hated hearing that. Like I didn't, no hell no. I don't want to I don't want to hear that. And no, I'm this is this is about marriage but but that wisdom has made sense to me now and that it's, I don't see it necessarily as networking as much as potentially building a friendship or not, or at least a wonderful sage moment of teaching me about myself, teaching me about the other, teach me about the process of dating. And, uh, you know, and, I'll, and and another thing too, that I also learned, um, cause recently I I was, I was on the cusp, I was right there towing the line, I'm going to call this person that I have found myself attracted to, and I'm going to ask her out on a date, but when I, you know, sent a text, I mean, there wasn't much of a, there wasn't really a response back, not until like a day later, and I had learned from my, from my embarrassing moments in the past, (laughs) that, you know, I don't think she's interested, and, you know, and then I had learned that this person was dating someone, and and yes, there was some disappointment, but then I engaged with her, and I felt excited for her, and we had this wonderful, rich interaction. And I love that, and I love that, and um, and there's this trust. Honestly, there's this trust that I know that it will be fulfilled. And I want to end on this, and I want to bring it. Um, I want to bring it to scripture. And I've been really kind of camping out in Genesis, particularly in the the, the early uh, writings of it, and and I think about Adam, you know, before Eve came into the picture, and that Adam was was given this beautiful position of of uh, caring for the earth, of caring for the animals, of walking with them, of being with them, of probably providing for them. And, uh, and yet there was this longing, this longing that God saw, this longing that he put in, put in him, but he, I think he was unaware of what it was, right? It's not spelled out. Like it was just that there was a loneliness there. And that's so beautiful. That's so, and so many levels. I'm not even going to break it down. I don't even know what to break down really, but, but he had this longing that he didn't know, what that ache was for, but God did. And so in this mystical process, he created a woman, drew a woman out of him and, uh, and, and a beautiful surprise and, and satisfaction and pleasure. He experienced Eve, the, 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 um, the fruition, if you will, the fruition of this hunger, of this desire being fulfilled, and um, and I'll go into more on that in another um, episode, but but I think it's been such a beautiful mystery, painful, embarrassing, troubling, <laughs> disturbing at times, and yet enjoyable, fun, um, scary in a way, exhilarating. And and but it's all been this mystery, and I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen this year, or next year. I certainly would love it to happen, you know, sometime this year, or by next year. But but it's a, a wonderful story that highlights the mystery of 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 a need being fulfilled. And, um, and as much as I've sought out, as much as in my mind, I've, I've fashioned what that looks like, it continues to be challenged, sometimes ruptured. And, um, and there's been this wonderful growth and closeness to see women in a different light than just this, uh, this nourishment to my hunger, um, is so satisfying. And, and there's such a peace there in moments. And so, um, anyway, I wanted to share that with you guys. And, um, I love that I get to do that. And so there'll be many more vulnerable sharings to come, but that's, that's a little bit of my journey into dating. And, and it really is, uh, it really is a a journey and a path of, of self-discovery and, uh, and you know what? I wouldn't want it to happen any other way. I don't have regrets. I really don't. I don't feel remorse, in um, pain, in painfulness, and in pain. I did, but when I worked through the shame of it, when I got connected to my heart, it. It. I learned more about myself. It taught me a lot more. I didn't stay in this judgment and this shame, and because. Because this is the stumbling block. I mean, this, I mean I'm mean, i stumbling through this. I'm learning. I'm growing. Just like anyone in any age is learning, growing, struggling. Um, you know, as Brene Brown even talks about, that, that we're, wired for, we're hardwired, hardwired for struggle. And, and you know what? It is, it is a precious, rich, treasured process. And I hope you get something out of that. See you next time.